Hello and welcome. Come take a ride on the Fury Road, the podcast dedicated to everything Mad Max Fury Road. It's us, your favorite hosts, Kat and Wes. Hello. So today, or today's journey, route, highway, whatever, we're talking about all the bad people in Fury Road. The best people. The most metal of them all. Or the worst people, depending on your perspective. But I like them the most. They're the most funny. So essentially, we're only covering like four characters because we're trying to keep this shorter. So this is going to be pretty pretty quick. Yeah, I mean, if you're familiar with Mad Max Universe, there's it's 99% bad guys and like three people that are semi-redeemable. And half of those aren't really that good anyway. So we, we could we could take hours talking about all the bad guys. So we're just going to try and hit Hit just the uh, the baddest of the bad and the big baddies of uh, Fury Road. It's a very excellent point that very few people are actually redeemable. Very few, including Max for the most part. <gasps> oh, geez. Okay, I was not expecting that part. So, essentially, yeah, everything that's being discussed here is based on things we learned from watching the film, things we learned from reading the comic book prelude, and additional information that I have scrounged up from interviews with the cast and crew, news articles, and the Art of Fury Road book. So let's get started with the worst of the worst of the worst, Mort and Joe. So basically, yeah. Oh yeah. So he was a veteran of both the oil wars and the water wars. And so in the span of, you know, 35 years that happened between them and the events of Mad Max Fury Road... He just kind of, he went crazy. He thought, he thinks he's a god now. He got some followers. Now he wants to fix everything. Yeah, he kind of, kind of like made a cult and stored up in order to survive. And then at some point really took a bath in his own Kool-Aid and really kind of ate it all up. I, I think he really buys it, buys into his own, uh, his own mythos at this, at that point of the movie for sure. Yeah, I definitely think he's, he is very far gone. So basically, like, the way he was kind of written, he's, besides the fact that he is a symbol of everything bad, the biggest ideas of, he was kind of, they want him to be an icon of the idea of order and organized religion, kind of the way he's, he's set up this, yeah, this mythos and himself as a god, and it's just, like, you can kind of see where they pulled from for those Oh yeah, there's no shortage of uh, real, real world examples for where they can pull that from, and you can definitely see that in like the they spend a good amount of time portraying like the the fanaticism that the war boys have, including like Nux and the ones that eventually try and like kind of step away from it, but they're just die hard for Morton Joe. And so you know the whole idea of building these followers, I guess that's what we'll call them, these followers up is he's establishing himself as well like as a god he's their leader he's fearless and just the fact that he is among them means that he's suffering for them which is really crazy of an idea but whatever (laughs) apparently it's it's pretty true but just the idea that like he he is their god so he knows that everything is gonna get better and that it's gonna be really great but they have to like they just have to really stick with them, him. 
Yeah, I mean, from all of their perspective, he's uh, he's he's suffering to keep all of them safe and, and and sacrificing him, his own, and his men and everybody to to keep the bad world at bay. And that people, I mean, from their perspective, they have no, you know, they they can eat it up. They everything else is bad around them. Why not? Right. <laughs> so one of the ways that he kind of, especially with the war boys, he's kind of like, hey, not only. Am I the one who's, you know, taking care of you? There's this whole bit that's honestly really hilarious that's behind the scenes. He was totally trying to make himself as uh, as daddy, quote. So he literally hung posters of, like, of his Morton Joe face. And he would, and, like, on the posters in big text, it literally would say, Daddy loves you. And he'd put them in the makeup trailer, and costuming. He even put them in the gym. Like he just surrounded everyone with this this idea that they're family and he's he's you know he's the daddy and he's gonna take care of you. Really trying to get everyone in the mindset of uh, of him being like the post apocalyptic Uncle Sam mixed with Jesus all together. Oh, I don't like that idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So with the War Boys, he definitely is kind of. He's promising them the idea of how much their life is being improved. One of the ways is that he's giving them, quote, unquote, clean blood, a.k.a. just people who aren't who aren't sickly, who aren't poisoned from, well, from all the crap that the environment has been put through. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, he's like, I'm enhancing your life. I'm extending your life. And here's this. Here's this car. Drive for me. Go team. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's got access to uh, vehicles, ammunition, and uh, using blood as a means of uh, enhancement and or protecting them, which is by no means new in fictional or real life. And uh, just a very, it's a good way to keep control of people and make sure that you keep the tribalism of them against us going. They're, these aren't other people that, he, that, that he's trying to find. These are, these are potential blood bags. <laughs> and the fact that they just, unabashedly call them blood bags is what makes it so good <laughs> love, love it so yeah the big the big concept behind his idea is you know he is he is their god he's your god and he is a merciful god so long as you treat him as such and essentially you know as i was reading the art of book and george miller slash production designer colin gibson were kind of saying you know he's the ultimate results of one very, very awful man who believes he knows what's best for everyone, and he's going to impose that through any means necessary. Like, he sees the world, he sees that it's dying from, well, he sees the world is dying because of the world, so he builds himself an army, he builds himself a fortress, a way for him to repopulate the world with healthy babies, aka his heirs, aka a breeding program, aka, oh god, no. He also, you know, blood bags, his own blood bank, milk banks, food, including produce, which is due to, like, the most crucial thing of all. He He's found an aquifer, and he's found an enormous amount of clean water. And controlling the water, he controls everything. Yeah, he's, like, the, he's the ultimate example of, like, a, of a big-picture guy, right? Like, he... He thinks he sees how the best way to get everybody through this, and it just just so happens to conveniently put him on top of the pile. So when it comes down to, you know, 
because he's older, obviously, because he's <clears throat> been through all of that. He's served in the oil and water wars. It's been blah, blah, blah. So he's like, he's old. He's already creepy looking. He's pale because obviously he's not going to be out in the sun doing work. Super so, pale. you know, the the unsettling thing is he just wears this giant mask with teeth and he he does it not only to add to this you know the amount of fear that he can strike in someone's hearts but like the biggest thing is that his mask serves as an air purifier so he doesn't have to breathe in just the disgusting poison air that everyone else has to like i feel like that's the highest sign of luxury there oh for sure yeah it's like uh it's a it's a win-win for him right because like he he has this terrifying visage and uh, the rare times he's really in contact with the populace in any close facility, he just looks like a horrifying twisted metal creature. Um, and plus, he also seems like he, you know, he doesn't suffer. He doesn't need blood bags. He doesn't suffer from the same iniquities that everyone else does. So he just seems like that much more of a deific person rather than just a, a human being. Yeah, for sure. And then he tries to add to this persona in that, he has this this really crazy plexiglass armor. It's well, it's, I guess like by armor, it was it's like it's molded to look like fake muscles and abs. Yeah, I don't know what that was. I I thought that was kind of weird. Like I was very Mad Max in the way that's like, sure, why not? But man, I was just like, okay, that's that's interesting. I get it. It's going for kind of a like, yeah, kind of a militant kind of look, a general kind of look, but also kind of still I don't know, seem, still makes him look like non not like normal human especially because again like a lot of the shots they do of him is like he's like far away from and just the crowds can just kind of see his outline and his general like um like the general front he presents so i guess that would make him look super cool from especially from far away yeah it definitely wouldn't make him look like a really like not a super strong like a weak old man that he really kind of is Right, yeah, because he his body he he's not a small dude. He's pretty stocky, so his frame is is really good for that. Just his actual body is yeah, just getting old and kind of just worn down. So the if he makes that that big frame he's got that super stocky frame look look muscular and terrifying, then he's he's set. And then one of the things that I noticed like the first time I watched it was just those the medals and badges of honor that's that look like bottle caps and little pieces of computer boards that are attached to like the chest plate. I'm guessing to signify the wars that he served in. And I'm like, wow, that's, that's a really cool touch. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, most people wouldn't have, have, don't have any idea what any of that crap is. So yeah, it's, you know, all sorts of awards for all the things he's done in his, uh, his time as a general and as a God after that. So to sum up the uh, the Immortan Joe chunk, just with my favorite piece of trivia about him that I tell like literally everyone and most people just look at me like they want me to shut up. But uh, he was originally going to be painted blue with the idea being that the wretched, the people down below the Citadel who, you know, are suffering, they were going to be trading blue washing detergent with the Citadel for water, which would have given joe the blue skin and that was another way he was going to distinguish himself as a god and it was like that's so cool yeah i really wish i would have went with that it would have made him look so much more otherworldly but i also kind of see the you know the idea of it looking kind of weird oh yeah 
Yeah, so especially in a uh, post-Avatar uh, world, everybody be like, is this dude just trying to look like uh, Navi? Is that what's going on? Oh, no. <laughs> they like remember the, the, Avatar. The chunkiest Navi. That would be hilarious. Just like, yeah, one protester at his, you know, his giant presentations he does. <laughs> You're the fattest Navi I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Spoken by a very, very old person. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and with that, we have reached the end of today's road, today's episode. So, if you liked what you heard, please, you know, follow, like, subscribe, share, press that button, smash that heart, whatever. Yeah, hit the thing. I don't know which thing, but there's there's always a thing. So, thank you for listening. Just, like, for real. So, this is, this is us. This has been On the Fury Road. Check us out on wherever you may get your podcasts. So, till next time, keep it shiny. Keep it chrome. Bye, guys.